This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show. Rangers looking to bounce back from a rare loss earlier this week in Ottawa. Rangers looking to stay red hot, which they have been pretty much since the start of the season. Talking the upcoming weekend in the NFL, the Jets situation. We'll touch on the Giants also. And then, of course, the breaking news from about an hour ago, Shohei Otani agreeing to a record 10-year, $700 million free agent contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers, reported by ESPN's Jeff Passan. Let's go back to the phones and chat with Charlie and Allendale. Hey, Charlie, how you doing? Hey, man, thanks for getting me on. Um, I have a lot to say about the Jets. But first, first thing is I just got to dive into the Zach Wilson situation. I mean, we knew last year that Zach Wilson wasn't the guy. And we continue to move forward with it. We continue to push with him. And for some reason, we let Mike White go. Mike White was clearly better than Zach Wilson when he played. I don't know what the other caller was talking about before with, you know, Mike White and, you know, Zach Wilson played better than him in the the other game. Mike White was clearly better. The team liked him. So they're wearing his shirt in the stadium, coming to the games. So that's a clear indication that there's an issue when the backup quarterback is wanted that bad to come into the games. And the fact that we didn't move forward with him and we decided to go with um, uh, Wilson again is exactly why we are where we are, not having the right backup quarterback. And it's to me it falls all on Douglas and his stubbornness with Zach Wilson. It's his fatal flaw, Charlie, and ultimately that's going to be the first line on the resume or in the book of Joe Douglas's tenure as the general manager of the New York Jets is the failure of Zach Wilson. I mean, to me, it's, it's more than just a failure. It's the stubbornness behind it. Did you see what John Lynch did in, in San Fran this year? He went with Sam Darnold over the, the, the first-round draft pick that he gave everything up for. That's what a GM does. You make the right decision, no matter how hard it is. He gave him for a fourth-rounder. A fourth-rounder to the Cowboys. I think, Charlie, what the Jets and Joe Douglas, I think they got a little cute here. You know, they they knew they had Aaron Rodgers, and if he was healthy, he made them a contender. And I think the Jets were also trying to salvage the Zach Wilson pick by having him work under Aaron Rodgers. And I think in their minds, it would have been too strong of a statement to demote him to the number three quarterback. So they rolled the dice. They wanted him to work with Rodgers and learn from Rodgers. They probably didn't want him as the number two quarterback, but that's where he was as he entered the season. And it obviously cost them another season. I can't even enjoy the games anymore. It's that bad. I mean, it, it, it's it's just I can't understand it. I don't understand what they were they liked about him. Maybe he's a great practice player. I have no idea. And one other thing I wanted to say about the Jets. You know, I hear a lot about people saying Aaron Rodgers brought in all these guys. Aaron, listen, Hardman was supposed to be the guy. You know, he brought in Lazard. Cobb was just there to to, to mentor people. I mean. He didn't bring in anybody. I mean, it's the same It's the same team as last year. It's Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Conklin, same linemen. So a lot of this stuff to me is just a little, you know, it gets exaggerated about Rodgers bringing in all his guys. Well, I don't think it gets exaggerated when you talk about the offensive coordinator. And that's, you know, and you just named a bunch of players, but it's Nathaniel Hackett who has had 
the biggest influence on this team, negative influence in the opinion of me and many, many others. And that was the tricky part. Nathaniel Hackett can get by. He's Aaron Rodgers' buddy. They like to joke around. They probably like to go out and crush a few beers together, whatever it is they like to do. They're friends. They're buddies. They have a really good relationship. It's a comfort level to Aaron Rodgers to work with Nathaniel Hackett. All good. They hired Hackett first. They hired Hackett anticipating Rodgers becoming available. And when they hopped on that private plane, to fly out to California to meet Rodgers, who was on it? It was obviously Woody, it was Robert Sala, it was Joe Douglas, and it was Nathaniel Hackett. That is what Nathaniel Hackett was hired to do. What Nathaniel Hackett was not hired to do was run an offense led by Zach Wilson. It's almost like they didn't have the foresight. It's almost like they didn't look at this whole situation. You know, we all got caught up in it. Jets fans, non-Jets fans, talk show hosts like me who don't have a rooting interest in the team, we all got got caught up in the excitement. It's fun when the Jets are good. I remember 2009, 2010, even 2011 when up until the Victor Cruz play, they were still in position to go to the playoffs. It's fun in this town when any team is good, but especially one of the football teams is good. And it's been so dire for a decade now that you don't even care which team. It was fun last year when the Giants went on their run, got to the playoffs, actually won a playoff game. It was fun Todd Bowles' first year when the Jets went into Week 17 with a chance to beat Buffalo and go to the playoffs. They didn't, as we know, but it was fun leading up to that. It was awesome when they were going to the playoffs and they were beating Tom Brady and Peyton Manning on the road in back-to-back weeks in the postseason and getting to -to back-to-back AFC championship games. And we all thought, whether you're a fan of the team or a neutral observer, most people thought that we were getting back to those days. And I think everybody got caught up in the excitement of the situation. And in doing so, it does seem like the Jets didn't think this all the way through. They didn't think about the contingency, hey, What happens if our quarterback, who the last few years has not been the healthiest and is now closing in on 40 years of age after a lengthy professional football career, what happens if he can't go for 17 games? What happens if he has to miss some time? Are we comfortable with Zach Wilson running our team and Nathaniel Hackett running our offense? I mean, that's essentially what we ended up with four plays into the season. They didn't think this all the way through. I really do think they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted to bring Rodgers in, win with Aaron Rodgers, have Rodgers mentor, tutor, whatever it is, to Zach Wilson for however long he was here. Two years, three years, whatever. Have Rodgers ride off into the sunset and then hand the reins to Zach Wilson. Because here's the thing. All right, we got people saying, I don't know what Zach Wilson's good at. Zach Wilson's got tools. He's got mobility. He has a terrific arm. I remember, and one of the areas where this whole season went off the tracks was that back-to-back weeks against the Chargers and the Raiders. And that Sunday night game in the Raiders, all right, you know, we probably have blocked it out of our memory now because what did the Jets score? 12 points in that game. They were leading the entire game. They lost 16-12 because they gave up one touchdown late in the game. Um, but as the Jets were driving and trying to, you know, in desperation, get a touchdown at the end of that game, Zach Wilson, just kind of like free-flowing, 
throwing, r- rolling to the wrong side of the field and throwing with his right arm, rolling left, he's got an incredible arm. I mean, he really does. And it's even more impressive because you look at him, he's obviously not a big guy. He's not like one of these big, strong dudes. He just has an incredible arm. So when you ask the question, what could the Jets see in him? Maybe he's a great practice player. I'm sure he's not a great practice player. What you see in him are these physical tools where he can run and he's got a fantastic arm, but he has absolutely no command of an offense. He has no concept on how to move the ball up and down the field, and he has no concept on how to get his team into the end zone. And those are the jobs of a starting NFL quarterback. And the league is littered with people who have similar skill sets or physical attributes to Zach Wilson and as a result got picked higher in the draft or signed more lucrative free agent contracts than they probably deserved and ultimately fell flat on their faces. This is not the first time this has happened. It's just really frustrating because it's happening for the Jets and it's happening in a season that began with so many hopes and expectations. Let's go to Justin on Long Island. Hey, Justin. Hey, Pat. How's it going? Good. Nice taking the call. Uh, I got a lot of things to say about the Jets, but uh, one point I want to bring up is, I don't know if it was talked about yet, but I just feel like every other uh, every other team in the league, you know, they have a capable backup quarterback that's at least able to manage the game somewhat. I just feel like the Jets, it starts with the coaching staff, just cannot develop any type of quarterback that they draft. Um, That's point number one. Number two, I don't think this team originally was really built to win now. I mean, hearing Aaron Rodgers, like I've jumped on the train too. I'm a Giants fan. I hear, oh, Aaron Rodgers is coming. They're immediately a Super Bowl contender. But you break this team down and look at this team, they got a lot of issues. And, I mean, it starts with the offensive line. Uh, I mean, the defense, obviously, they're a Super Bowl caliber defense. But – I don't know, man. I mean, I I feel for the Jets fans, but uh, I'm going to hang up now and listen to your take on that. Justin, they are a Super Bowl caliber defense, and that was made even more clear this year than last year. What did we all say? Uh, maybe not we all. What what did I, I – I said over and over again after last season, okay, when the Jets were first in pursuit of Aaron Rodgers and then had swung the trade and brought him in. I had said – that if the Jets had average quarterback play last season, they were easily a playoff team in the AFC. Easily. And here we are, a year later, after the Jets moved heaven and earth to bring in Aaron Rodgers. And we are saying about the Jets, we are saying the exact same thing. I mean, how sad is that? That you couldn't even find... I mean, what's Tyrod Taylor doing with the Giants? First of all, he's not even playing. He's freaking backing up Tommy DeVito. Okay? But if the Jets had somebody like that and not Zach Wilson, but it's it's a it's an ego thing with Joe Douglas. It has to be. Because it's a bitter pill to swallow. All right. So you drafted this guy number two overall, and he's not good enough to be a franchise quarterback. That's one thing. But it's even a harder pill to swallow to say you drafted this guy number two overall and he's not even one of the top 15 backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, you just look at the guys that either this year or recently have come on as backup quarterbacks and won games for their teams. I mean, in Miami last year, Skylar Thompson starts a playoff game and almost 
beats the Bills. Huntley in Baltimore almost won a playoff game last season. Browning with Cincinnati. We thought they were dead. Well, he beats Jacksonville on Monday night, has a terrific fourth quarter. And look, the Bengals are 6-6. Six and six. The Steelers have lost two miserable games in a row. And the Bengals are still alive. The Colts are the best example. Gardner Minshew, he was undrafted. And he was a really good backup quarterback with Jacksonville and then with Philadelphia. And now it's his third stop in Indianapolis. I mean, think about this. The Colts were bad enough last year. They picked fourth overall. They select a quarterback with that pick who looks like he was, at least through the first four weeks, looked like he was going to be the best of the rookie quarterbacks. He goes down for the season. So now you're essentially, all you've got is a new head coach in Shane Steichen, and you've gotten no help and no production from your fourth overall pick in the draft this season. And where are the Colts right now? They're 7-5 and five, and right in the middle of the playoff hunt in the AFC. They've gone to their backup quarterback. Um, last year, Cooper Rush. The Cowboys, Dak Prescott hurts his hand week one. Looked like the season was going to go off the rails right away. Cooper Rush comes in and wins games. You just need a backup quarterback to come in and win games for you. And the Jets... Pick this guy at number two overall. He wasn't good enough to be a franchise quarterback. He wasn't good enough to be a starting quarterback. And now, as it turns out, he's not even one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And that is a bitter, bitter pill to swallow if you're the man who drafted him in Joe Douglas. Let's go to Lonnie on Long Island. Hey, Lonnie. Yes, so you, you couldn't have said it any better, brother. You have got it right on the head. Zach Wilson is a bust because he will never be a Jet quarterback. He's not that good. I never wanted him. I wanted Trevor Lawrence from day one. When that coach, I don't even want to call his name, won those games and we lost the, the, the fact that we couldn't draft Trevor Lawrence, I was hurt. I cried that day. Because I knew we were done. There was no other quarterback in that draft as good as Trevor Lawrence. That's the guy. That's our guy. We're, I'm always going to think about it. That's the guy that we lost. And I tell you, the Jets, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think we'd be seeing this guy anymore. I mean, have you seen enough? I've seen enough of Sunday games where this guy can't even, he can't even get out of the backfield. He's going running back and holding the ball for 10 minutes, having lunch. This is the NFL. It's not college. You can't do that. You should have known that. I, I'm I'm done with Zach Wilson. And I tell you, who else is done with him? His favorite receiver, Wilson. That kid is not going to stay here if Zach Wilson is throwing him the ball. Because you can see at plays, he's wide open and he's going crazy, stomping the field, stomping the ground because he's mad because he didn't get the ball thrown to him. Zach Wilson's. I'm I'm done with him. I, there's nothing else I can say. I, I, it's, uh, the, I tell you what, this brother, he's going to lose his job messing with Zach Wilson. And I tell you what, and another one, I'm done with the offensive coordinator. I'm, I know Roger, that's Roger. I love Aaron Rodgers. But, oh, my goodness, Hackett. Oh, what are we doing? What are he's not, doing? He, he's not a good offensive coordinator, Lonnie. I mean, but we knew that. But you were willing to put up with it because – in order to get Rodgers, you had to bring in Hackett, and it worked. And at that point, there was really nothing that you can do. And it's the same thing next year. You know, like I said to Ira in the last hour, 
the Jets are so far into this that there's no other alternative than to see it all the way through with Aaron Rodgers. And and that means next season. The hope is Rodgers comes back. He's healthy. You have to fortify this offensive line. You have to bring in another wide-receiving weapon. I mean, we were all enamored with Garrett Wilson last year and the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers, and the Jets were also. They literally overlooked the fact that they they started the season without a number 2 wide receiver. I mean, think about that. And again, it all goes back to everybody got caught up in the excitement of this, this guy being here this all-time great wanting to play for this franchise. And you overlook some things. Now, I think most observers were on it with the offensive line. But with the offensive line, you can't just snap your fingers and fix an offensive line. The Jets have to do everything in their power to fix that offensive line this season. Because this is it. This is the key season. I, I You know... I like how I'm hearing more and more callers now. Oh, well, Rodgers is here for one or two more years. When the Jets got Rodgers, he was here for one or two years. We've already lost one. He's been here for one. This guy's 40 years old. You think he's going to be here for two more years? you got to look at Aaron Rodgers as a one-year thing. And because of everything that you've already done so far, you have to do everything in your power to make this next year work. And that means offensive line, and that means wide receiver. I mean, think of the wide receiver. Um, Corey Davis, free agent signing, he was disappointing. He wasn't a bust. He wasn't Kenny Galladay. He was disappointing, but he wasn't a bust. And then all of a sudden, he retires, and people acted like it, it wasn't that big of a loss because he was disappointing compared to what the hope was that he would become. But did anyone also bother look at the fact that maybe he was disappointing because Zach Wilson was his starting quarterback. You know, this was the year that I thought Garrett Wilson was going to move into the realm of the Jamar Chases a notch below Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's got that kind of skill level. And remember opening night, the Monday night game, the touchdown pass that Zach threw? That incredible catch that Wilson made where he just like reached his hand out. It was like backhand right in front of the defender, corralled it, touchdown, helping the Jets get to overtime and win that game in OT. I mean, he's got incredible, incredible skills. But he's two years now in the league, and his numbers aren't anywhere near what they should be because of the play at quarterback. 1-800-919-3776. We'll continue with this topic. We'll also dive back into the Shohei Otani signing. Take a look at the Giants matchup this week on Monday night against the Green Bay Packers. And we'll talk a little Knicks as well. Struggling defensively, losing two straight games. It's Pat O'Keefe with you on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is is the Pat O'Keefe Show. And the Patriots beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh 21-18. Week 14 in the NFL uh, the Jets are home battle of former number two overall picks, Zach Wilson, and of more recent vintage C.J. Stroud as the Jets entertain the Texans. Uh, one o'clock kickoff, of course. Uh, you can hear the game and all the pregame and postgame coverage right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. For the Giants, it is a, a Monday night battle. There's two Monday night games this week. They're both at the exact same time. 
The Giants and the Packers at MetLife Stadium, that's the ABC game. The Titans and the Dolphins in Miami is the ESPN game at Hard Rock Stadium. So week 14 in the NFL, uh, you know, again, quickly on the Giants before we get back to our Jets conversation, I did laugh and, like I said earlier, and described to kind of spit out my drink a little when I looked at the TV screen last week and they had that playoff graphic, division leaders, wild card teams in the hunts. The Giants popped up at 4-8 and eight in the hunt in the NFC. Again, look, that's what the league wanted, right? The league, by going to 17 games and expanding from six to seven playoff teams in each conference, they want, I guess, if you're a Giants fan, to see that and think, hey, so maybe that there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. I mean, there's obviously very little chance because of what that graphic didn't say is that the Giants, in their remaining five games, two of them are against the Philadelphia Eagles. Haven't played them at all yet. And even if, and it doesn't look like it after their last loss to the 49ers, it looks like, unlike last year, the Eagles are going to have to play it all the way through Week 18 to secure maybe the number one seed in the NFC again. So it doesn't even look like that you're going to get one where you go against the backups of the Eagles and the game doesn't matter for them. But hey, at 4-8 and eight right now, I guess technically, I guess mathematically, the Giants are still in the hunt, as are the Jets, technically and mathematically. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones and let's say hello to Jose in Brooklyn. Hey, Jose. Hey, good evening, Pat. Shout out to the company. I definitely wanted to... Chime in on the Jack conversation that you had. Um, we got plenty of time to talk to Nick, Nick when the football season is over. It's not over so, yet, Jose? Oh, uh, yeah, it is over. It's been over. I, 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 I thought, you know me. I thought it was over since, you know, four, four plays. Into- <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it was. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, my, my, my thing is is that, you know, you, you, hit, you, you hit on the right topic because this does have to deal with a lot of ego and a lot of, you know, you know, double downing, and you know, to me, uh, I, I, I literally can't wait for like you know a thirty for thirty or a podcast when Rob Sala and Joe Douglas and you know Lafleur and all these other guys you know who were in this tragic you know affair called the New York Jets under the Woody Johnson ownership. It, uh, I can't wait because you know. We're starting to see podcasts of, you know, Josh McDaniel and his time with the Cleveland Browns where he was like how he was there when Johnny Manziel didn't put any work into videotape and didn't, you know, put, you know, and and the thought process was was this was a pick that was made way above stairs and there was no like football thought process at all. And you, you just see, you know, Ryan Clark and other people and, and someone else just laughing. And I'm just like, at the end of the day, this is kind of what, what the same situation is here. Cause I, I do see the arm talent cause he can throw the ball in, in, in different directions. And, you know, he does have a good, you know, arm strength. But I don't, that's all I really see. Well, like, Jose, I mean, let me just let me just jump in there. It 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 almost for the sake of the Zach Wilson conversation, yeah. what what the Jets may or may not have seen three years ago is irrelevant because I I think the one thing that I'm comfortable True. and confident enough to say is that however many pl- games he plays between now and the end of the season, those are going to be his final games in a Jets uniform. Oh, definitely, and and I don't even see it. I I I'm one of those that, like I said, I'm not uh, 
huge fan of the talent talent that was overstated but at the end of the day it was what it was but I felt like you know what he kind of fell for that pro day throw and, and um at the end of the day uh, the reason I just you know don't feel it because when a GM is tied tied to wins and losses to just like a head coach and eventually he's gonna Joe Douglas is gonna be fired eventually anyway because of the fact that if he did make that bad pick then that's pretty much on him and he needs to pretty much be fired for it because Garrett Wilson is a stud Brees Hall should be much better than what he is right now and we had guys like Elijah Moore and Corey Davis and people that were, you know, productive in this offense under the, the floor system. But for some reason, because Zach Wilson was such a failure and the owner was so uptight with the, you know, mentoring of what LaFleur was doing, because apparently he wasn't holding Zach Wilson's hand enough, you know, it, 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 they, they ended up having, Salah ended up having to fire his whole offensive staff and then having, and then. And well, then you had to bring in higher Hackett. Daniel Hackett to pretty much entice but, Aaron Rodgers. But I get that. So it's just like, so, uh, so it's, it, but at the end of the day, all, all of the trade-off was not, my, 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 my larger point was the whole trade-off was a negative because Billy Turner wasn't good. Uh, Randall Cobb is, is done. Alan Lazard is not a good wide receiver. And the guys we let go in Corey Davis and Elijah Moore were better than Well, hold on, Jose. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me jump in there, all right, because I, I don't think you can make that statement yet that it wasn't worth it. Did Lazard work out? No. Did Cobb work out? No. Has Hackett been impressive? No. But at the end of the day, you had to do those things to get Rodgers. And the Rodgers story in New York is not finished being written. If Rodgers comes back next year with Hackett and he's happy and he's productive, I mean, basically, there is still the pathway and the possibility that everything we experienced last offseason, all the excitement, all the anticipation, if Rodgers comes back and is healthy in the preseason, we can have that again. We can go through that again, maybe even with a better offensive line, maybe even with a secondary wide receiver. I mean, the one good thing that we've learned this year, and I hope that Joe Douglas has been paying attention. I pray to God that he has been. But the one good thing, we can now pinpoint what serious areas of deficiency you need to improve on this roster with or without Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? Watching this team play week in and week out, None of those areas of deficiency are on the defensive side of the football. The Jets, and I'm being a little hyperbolic here, but the Jets in the offseason should not dedicate a cent, a draft pick, any capital at all to improving their defense. Their defense is fine. Again, you're going to have to make some tweaks to the defense and some additions around the margins, and some people are going to leave. That's natural business in the NFL. But the defense is fine. It's well-coached. They're three levels of defense, all very, very high quality. Fix the offensive line. Fix the backup quarterback position. Get another wide receiver. And let's all get excited again this coming offseason with Aaron Rodgers coming back. And let's run it back again and hope that it lasts more than four plays this time. Let's go to Ted and Hewlett. Hey, Ted. How you doing? Thank you for taking my call. First of all, I have to say, you made my day. I've been listening to sports radio 
regarding the Jets all season long, and nobody has gotten it until you've been talking about it today. The, the biggest problem for the offensive line and the offensive coordinator. And my issue is, yes, everybody's down on Zach Wilson. He's not a great quarterback, but he's better than the way the Jets treated him. And if he wasn't set up, you know, first of all, with the offensive line, Aaron Rodgers, we got him for one set of downs. He went down. Why did he get, go down? Why did he get injured? Because of the offensive line. So would it have been different if he hadn't gotten injured? Would he have been better than Zach Wilson? Yes. Would they have been a great team this year? No. Now, with Zach Wilson, what Hackett do? He had him run the ball up the middle. Not even like something interesting. Run the ball up the middle the entire season. You know, gain one or two yards on the first two plays. Third and long. Fourth them into passing. Offensive line opens up. Zach has no time to throw the ball. Made Zach look really bad. At the same time, Built no confidence in a guy where the most important element to Zach's game was he needed a coach to build his confidence. And Hackett did just the opposite. Made Wilson feel like he couldn't play. Wilson's got an arm. Wilson can scramble. And, and they just would have been significantly better if they built up a little confidence and had a little more creativity. But at the same time, the issue is not Zach Wilson. Yes, he's not a great quarterback. We need a new quarterback. I got all that. The problem is the offensive line. And you got to have an offensive coordinator better than Hackett. Now, having said that, what I'm really upset about, and I appreciate you uh, letting me talk, what I'm really upset about is, is last week. Now, you talked about the Giants theoretically are still at it. That's a joke. They're one of the worst teams in all of football. They have a tough schedule, had zero possibility of making the playoffs. The Jets, on the other hand, gave the game away last weekend. The two backup quarterbacks proved that the issue is with the offensive line more than it is with Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson had gotten into that game, we would have had a real shot of winning that game. Even the very last possession, you put in Zach. He's done it before. He almost did in the game we lost. I forgot the game where he made a phenomenal play, thrown into the end zone. Could have been caught. He would have been the hero. And he could have done it this past weekend. We could have won that game and actually really be in the playoff fight with Aaron Rodgers coming back. Why did they put Zach in the game? Well, coaching. yeah, well, it's also it, it speaks to a larger point, Ted, and thank you for the call and the kind words, but it speaks to a larger point of how this whole thing was handled. And and I'm going to lump the Giants in here, too. All right, we'll, we'll, actually, we'll take a quick break. Um, the way that both New York teams right now are handling the quarterback position, it makes me question who is making these decisions for both franchises and how much are outside forces influencing those decisions. Because you look at who has been starting at quarterback for the Jets, Tim Boyle the last two weeks, now we're back to Zach Wilson. For the Giants, Tommy DeVito the last three weeks, last three games, Tommy DeVito back out there again this Monday night against the Green Bay Packers. Who is ultimately most responsible for making those decisions and what is the motivation behind those decisions to start these guys at quarterback. 1-800-919-3776, your calls as well. Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show. 
see the Flyers against the Devils on Saturday the 17th and the Rangers versus the Islanders on Sunday, February 18th. Tickets are on sale now at NHL.com slash Stadium Series Tickets. Enter for your chance to win tickets at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down to Contests and submit your entry. We do have Rangers hockey coming up after me. Rangers are in Washington to take on the Capitals. Don LeGreco will have pregame coverage right here starting at 6.30. A lot of talk about the Jets so far this afternoon. Of course, uh, tomorrow, you've got the Jets and the Texans from MetLife Stadium. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff. Our pregame coverage with Dan Grassa, Greg Buttle begins at 11 a.m. tomorrow right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Let's go back to the phones and say hello to Enrique on Long Island. Hey, Enrique. Hey, how you doing? Happy holidays to you and Bruce from Flushing, if I may say so myself. You too. Thank you. Okay. Uh, first off, about the Miami Dolphins. They're high-flying. They're a great team. They have a lot of offense. The defense is good. They're beating the, the good teams. And I think they the quarterback is wearing number one. I think it may be on the numbers that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, the Chiefs don't look that great. They're losing some good competitive games. And um, and um, and as far as the NFC goes, uh, the quarterback for the 49ers is pretty good. He's a young quarterback, but he's showing some prowess because they're beating the uh, Cowboys and the Eagles. But the Eagles quarterback is wearing number one, too, so maybe all the numbers, the Eagles and the uh, Dolphins. But I do think it's going to be the Eagles, the uh, Dolphins, going against the 49ers or the Cowboys. The Cowboys got CC Lamb. He's a great re- receiver. Uh, they can run the ball, even though uh, you know some of the players are hurt. But uh, I'm, as far as the Chiefs go, they're, um, they're uh, running back the fight doctor, Pacheco, is out. So uh, I just don't think the homes is, it's homes this year, you know? Well, you know, we've maybe thought that at times in the past, and more often than not, it ends up being Mahomes' year. For the AFC, a lot of it is going to come down to who gets that number one seed. The four division leaders right now are Miami and Baltimore, and they're both 9-3. and three. And then the Chiefs and the Jaguars are both 8-4. and four. That was a huge loss for the Jaguars on Monday night. I mean, the Jaguars... Were they able to beat, and then then Trevor Lawrence gets hurt in the fourth quarter, but if the Jaguars were able to beat the Bengals and get to 9-3, and they right now would be in a three-way tie for first place in the AFC. For Miami especially, and Kansas City, it comes down to, now Kansas City can get to the Super Bowl on the road, but as I say that, they've never done it, this version of the Kansas City Chiefs, because they've never had to do it. Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. Actually, the only road playoff game Patrick Mahomes has ever played was the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers in the Buccaneers' home stadium. And that was just coincidence. So, as I say, I do think the Chiefs can get through the AFC on the road. They've never actually done it because they haven't had to do it. Miami, if they can get the number one seed, and I think only if they can get the number one seed, they could get to the Super Bowl, but Miami's not winning a road playoff game and getting to the Super Bowl. I, I just don't see it. You know, this is a warm weather team, and, and Miami could do it. Their schedule's not taxing. They have a game against the Jets coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, I looked at the Dolphins' schedule recently. You have the Titans in the other Monday night football game this week for Miami, and, and that's at home. The Jets are at home, 
and then they play the Cowboys, and then they're at the Ravens, and then the Bills. So next two games, get to 11-3 and three and see where you are for the Dolphins. But the Dolphins' home field advantage, I think, is especially important. For the Chiefs, I think home field advantage is especially important. Um, you know, in the NFC, I, I think we've seen the Lions in recent weeks. They got off to such a terrific start, but, you know, are they ready to be on that top level? Look, the bottom line in the NFC, what we've seen this year with the 49ers against both the Eagles and the Cowboys, if the 49ers are healthy, they're the best team, not only in the NFC, but in the NFL. All right, some more thoughts on the Giants and the Jets quarterback situation and more of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN New York.